0: Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today, we are taking a look at HARMONIC, ticker H-L-I-T. Joining me today on the call to introduce the company is a special guest, Rob Spivey. Uh, Rob is of Altimetry Research and Valence. But first, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which can be accessed via your browser at app.breakoutinvestors.com, or you can download the mobile app by visiting the Apple or Android stores. The application and much of the research content is free. Now to our topic, harmonic, ticker H-L-I-T. Rob, this is a fairly new name to the breakout community, and uh, full disclosure, we got the name from you, or I did. Uh, I've been very much looking forward to this call and uh, your explanation for uh, what Harmonic does and why breakout investors should be interested.
1: Yeah, Scott, thank you so much for having me on. And um, as you said, uh, you know, in terms of uh, you catching this from, um, from us and from the research we do at Altimetry, um, it's no surprise to you, obviously, that this is one that ever since we came across it it's been top of my list as one of the ones that we're pounding the table on uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, So if it's all right with you, I'll actually just jump in on the overall pitch. Yeah, yeah, please give a profile of the
0: company uh, and then, you know, end with uh, recent events.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, to, to start with harmonic, the important thing is to, you know, this is how we actually think about, you know, altimetry for all the research that we do, it's important. We try to always converge. We start the bedrock of what we do is right the uniform accounting work that we do, and trying to see through what the real performances of a company, what the real valuations are, what the real risk is, what the real growth is. Once we make all the adjustments that we make to the accounting to basically see through the issues that are inherent in GAAP. But once we get through that, what we then got to, what we then have to do is we find a great company, one of our favorite companies, one of our favorite ideas. It's really around this idea of combining. Uniform accounting is telling us something that we don't see about a company. There's company-specific things happening. And the last thing, which is sometimes the most important, because it's what makes people pay attention, is there's also some big thematic things going on. And it's actually that is what has it so excited for Harmonic. Because when you think, two of the biggest things that are going on in the world right now, from the perspective of... Where data is heading, where our consumption habits are happening, and everything else is one something that's been happening for you know decades. But we are becoming a more and more data-intensive society, right? Everything that we do nowadays requires tons of data. Um, you know, when you look at how much data we consume back in 2000, when all of us were signing online with AOL, versus how much you know data we consume, we consume basically as a world, and probably I think it's like something like. 60 minutes, we actually produce as much data and send as much data through the internet as we produced in, a, in, in several years back in the, uh, the late 90s into 2000. And so there's this massive movement of data. And the thing that people always don't think about is for you to be able to have that movement of data, you need to have something in the back end that's actually handling it, right? And this is where Comcast and AT&T and everybody else come in. All those data centers and data farms that they have, it's not just about storing data. It's about making sure that giant um tube if you will a giant pipeline of data is flowing and then correctly directing that in multiple places well, e- exactly
0: and- i'm always wondering with all of the on-demand stuff you know you and i could be sitting next to each other streaming the same movie on the phone only we're five minutes apart and i
1: think about good god how, how does somebody manage all of the data they're pushing through these pipes Exactly. And right. And that actually plays into the second huge wave for them, which is for um, for Harmonic, which is the move from um, um, broadcasting to streaming. Because to your point, each thing that we do to make the world more on demand becomes more data intensive. Right. If you're watching the exact same show as I, if we both tune in to date this podcast, tune in to watch, you know, the Olympics opening ceremony or the first couple um, things for the Olympics. And you and I just happen to start at different times. So it's not like we had when we, when we all had to sit down in front of NBC and watch at the same time. And so Harmonic plays into both this huge idea of you needing to manage the data for the world better and also the whole entire idea of how streaming makes the world more complicated because streaming is the highest bandwidth thing that we can do. And so to understand it, where you start with um, you know Harmonic is it has a legacy business and that legacy business is a hardware business and a sleepy, bad software business. And that's why everybody, when they look at it, they kind of shrug their shoulders at it and they say, move on, right? If you look at Harmonic on a uniform accounting basis, this company historically has been a 3% uniform return on asset business. And for those of you who don't know what that means, that basically means the average company in the US right now generates around a 12% return. The cost of capital in the U.S. right now is around 5%. So this company's historic returns are below the cost of capital and way below uh, market average performance. And the reason why is because one of the things that they made are these solutions that basically allow you to, as a cable provider, as Comcast or somebody else, to manage how the data gets sent from the giant pipeline into the individual pipelines of each of your cable modems. They're called cable modem termination systems. There's more stuff that they do, but just quite simply, that's a huge chunk of what they do in terms of hardware on one side of their business called cable access. So this
0: is the legacy business. This is what everybody sees when they go look at the company. So the second exactly. business
1: is the, is the uh, future
0: this- growth driver, why you're interested.
1: Right. So actually, even before we get to that, there's a second legacy business, which is video and video for them is they have NBC as a client and NBC needs to get every single one of their affiliates Jeopardy at 730 p.m. So everybody can watch Jeopardy at the same time. And they need software that lets them press the button at NBC uh, production headquarters and ship everything out. Well, so what happens is, is both those businesses are very, very sleepy businesses. What's really interesting is both of those businesses are being transformed because Harmonic is taking advantage of both of these huge trends that we're seeing. The first thing they're doing is in cable access. In cable access, what's called CMTS, which is Cable Modem Termination Systems, that's their old business. But what they've been working with Comcast on for half a decade plus is to create a virtual version of those hardware, that massive hardware that has to sit in Comcast data centers. So they can actually, so Comcast can better manage on a scalable way how they're actually distributing the data and the stream out of the pipeline to everyone. And this is really important for Comcast because the fact that this allows Comcast to basically say, hey, now we don't have to have as much hardware, which means we don't need to have as much space. We don't need to spend as much every single time we see expansion of data, which is happening rapidly. We also need to use less energy. And so there's a whole bunch of reasons why this saves Comcast money. I say Comcast because it was their anchor client but Comcast isn't their only client. Um, Comcast is one of, I think at this point, something like 71 clients. Um, and so if you look at it now, what's really interesting, they've got Comcast, they've got Vodafone, et cetera. And they're already starting to penetrate these um, uh, these tier one, if you will, providers of, of, uh, of data management. And they're only ac- actually currently at basically a 10% penetration rate at these tier ones in terms of the amount of the data data management for CMTS that's transitioning to VCMTS, which is what they built. They have the patents for, they have the technology for, and they can do better than anybody else. And this is so powerful because this turns them from a hardware business, which is just always a terrible business to be in relative to software, to an actual software provider that's selling a SaaS solution now to these cable providers that they're locked in on and they have a phenomenal benefit. And so for context, this is a business that they're talking about growing at a 40% kegger, a 40% kegger, right? That means it's doubling every year and a half or so um, through 2024. They put out targets of like $500 million in terms of the potential revenue for this business segment, right? Where just for context, the current business segment for cable access was in 2020 was 136 million. So, so this is question. a massive growth opportunity.
0: Yeah, massive growth opportunity. Are they disrupting their legacy
1: business or are they disrupting other people's legacy business? And right, that's the great point. Because what's happening here is one, they are cannibalizing a bit their legacy business, but them cannibalizing their legacy business is actually less important because that was a smaller part of their two businesses. What they're really doing is they're cannibalizing all of the other guys. So, ComScope, which is the leader in this space, they're actually right behind ComScope and they're nipping at its heels they're number 2 now because they just passed Cisco in this space this last year. So they're actually taking massive market share as they're seeing this acceleration happen and they're doing it because it's a mar- is because it's a software business as opposed to a hardware business, it's a higher margin business. So right they're not just growing the business by taking share, they're growing it into a higher margin higher profitability business which is what has us so excited.
0: Well that's wonderful. Now when you say that <clears throat> they've got the patents, are they protected? Do they have a moat because they have IP, you know, uh, legal rights, or, do, or is it based upon a know-how? They, you said they spent five years working with Comcast. Are they light years ahead of the competition in terms
1: of just simply being able to do this? Exactly. And that's the thing is it's not just, it's two things, right? It's one, obviously the IP is a benefit, but as we all know, anybody who's ever invested in companies like this promising that it's the IP is not what's important. It's that they actually have the install base and they have the know-how that actually makes it really hard for anybody to ever think for Comcast or anybody else to say why would I want to switch off of this? Cuz it's not as easy as pulling a you know pulling a piece of hardware now out of the rack and replacing it right pulling out a Comscope and replacing it with a Cisco. It's now wait, I've built my whole entire management framework on this virtual software solution. Wow, for me to change this now is a huge lift and they're basically taking all of the share from all these tier one providers in terms of being able to be the guy that does this. There's, there's still more. What, what's the, what's the other one? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Just don't, don't turn off yet because we've got something else to offer you. And that's actually, that's the truth with harmonic. Um, and so harmonic, the other side of their business also, like I talked about video, video has historically been the much larger half of their business because video is the part of their business where they made their bones providing it for people like um, NBC, et cetera. Well, what they're doing in in video is they've basically taken the software that they use for broadcast and making some improvements, et cetera. They've built what they call um, VOS 360. What this is, and the name doesn't really matter, but it's basically them taking that exact same solution set and turning it into a SaaS-based business model for the streaming platforms. So people like Peacock use them, people like Sky Networks, people like Fox Now. And what it is, is the whole entire idea is it... They need the same kind of solution that NBC used to need to press the button to get everybody Jeopardy, but they needed to be way more variable and handle way more uncertainty in terms of Scott and Rob watching the exact same thing. Let alone Scott watching Yellowstone because Scott's a classy guy who likes cowboys, and Rob, you know, liking The Office because he's a simpleton. Um, and so, you know, so this thing goes on where all of a sudden. They've now got this second business where instead of being a, hey, somebody buys it once in terms of the software that NBC or somebody buys, and then NBC owns, owns the software as a perpetual license for as long as they want to use it. Now they've actually got the same platform, but because of the variability of streaming, these people need a different way of being able to manage it. And they need to be able to ramp capacity and decrease capacity. And that's what um, Harmonix has, which is really interesting because that takes them into this new business. Um, which actually is, again, a much higher growth opportunity, but more importantly, as they transition to this SaaS model, it's a higher margin business once they get through the transition.
0: Well, that's fabulous. I mean, what we just did is we established in a discussion uh, the basis for understanding the company and doing more research on the platform to really dig into uh, the, the elements of the business and the future potential. I think we should, uh, before closing the podcast, talk about recent events. The company came out this week, I think, maybe it was last, but very recently with earnings. How did that go and uh, what has happened subsequently?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Earlier this week, the company came out with earnings and um, the earnings number itself was actually great. They uh, they posted solid earnings, they beat. But what they did do is they guided down in terms of EPS guidance for the whole entire business for all of 2022. And the reason why was twofold. Uh, One is, Again, one is that legacy business that we talked about in cable access. So the hardware style business, similar to a lot of their peers, they're having issues in terms of being able to source their content that they need to to source, the source the equipment and parts they need to source. And so they're having issues with pricing pressures, which is gonna pressure margins a bit. And the other half of the business in terms of the streaming, well, anybody who's ever analyzed a SaaS platform knows that there's this unlucky valley that happens when you convert to a SaaS platform where you lose profitability before you get critical mass and then you actually gain profitability again because you're transitioning the business to a SaaS platform. And they're going through that too. So both of those businesses, they basically walk down the margins for both of them for 2022. However, for both of them, one, we don't really care about what's going on with the one in terms of the legacy dying business for cable access. Cause that's not the story. And then for the other one, that's a natural transition. So the market whacked them for it because of fact that was worried that, Hey, do we have another gro- dying growth story in the midst of, you know, January and early February, 2022. But what we're seeing is both those things we can actually understand and explain one doesn't matter. And the other is a natural transition. And then after that, they actually announced a, uh, $100 million share buyback, which is you know always a nice thing to hear from management when the stock da- stock dips. You always want them buying back stock when the stock's low, not high. But the real big thing is, right, both of these things aren't really disrupting the um, the whole entire thesis we have for the company, which to us makes it look so interesting because it makes us think that we can see this company that legacy had a 3% return on assets on a uniform accounting basis, and the market's pricing to have an 8% uniform ROA could have a 15, 20, 25, 30% ROA, which means this company is massive upside.
0: Now on that, most of our guests are not professional valuation folk. And so we shy away from talking about what's the price potential for the business. Would you be willing to give us a a view to what uh, Altimetry is thinking this company could be worth in the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, for context, right, the stock right now, as we talk is between nine and 950, it's like 940 right now. When we look at it and you just think about picking apart the piece of the business, just the the lazy man thing of doing, this is a cool thing about uniform accounting, which is what's really powerful is it can actually make us do this kind of scenario analysis and do this kind of valuation work at a faster rate, right? You've got a company that's transitioning from a hardware business to a software business. So already we know we've got a company that is on the way to higher returns. But if we just do something as simple as saying, hey, Let's assume that this company gets to return on assets that's similar to somebody like a Cisco, right? Which is, you know, which is a market leader in what it does. Well, all of a sudden, you're looking at a company that if ROAs get up to around a 25% ROA, which uniform ROA, which when we think about it from the context of what's happening for both of their software businesses, for both those businesses, your average software business, you know, in terms of a SaaS business ends up with ROAs that are north of 40 to 60% and a standard software business you know like an oracle or somebody else who's a bigger a bigger player ends up with you know ROAs that are between 20 and 30%. Saying 26% isn't unreasonable. You get that and you get a stock price of $37, right? And so just for context, that's a stock price that's basically 400% upside from here, right? I and mean, what kind In of what of, kind of time frame do you think is reasonable for uh, people to target that? I mean, that's what's so interesting here is This is the kind of scenario where because these two things are happening so rapidly, management talks about, you know, basically forexing the cable business by 2024 and the transition and profitability for the other side of the business for um, video, you know, in the next two years or so. We realistically think the market's going to start to figure this out and and sniff this out way sooner than that. I mean, so for you to talk about this being a, you know, a 12 to 18 month target and at worst viably 24 months, you're sitting at that 2024 number. That's really reasonable for us just because of how strong the momentum is for this business.
0: Well, we've got some folks on the platform that were smart enough to smell that one out. Uh, Great discussions going on. It's in uh, Steve Krause's uh, breakout room, so we invite people to join us there. But for purposes of this podcast, Rob, we're going to call it 10 Minutes.
1: Thanks so much for introducing us to this company. Scott, thanks as always, a pleasure to be on and looking forward to be on again sometime soon. Thank you so much. All right, I'll do the readout. We are Breakout Investors.
0: This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on Harmonic and for other small and micro-cap names with catalysts on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com or download the mobile app on the Apple and Android stores. The Breakout Investor 10 Minute Podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give us a five-star review.
1: Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither Breakout Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast any in any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. For investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.